Welcome to Traveling Down, Biblical Archaeology for the 21st Century. Hi, I'm Gary Byers. Dr. Steve Collins is with me, and i uh, call you a rock star, and we're going to talk about a big rock. He's got a pottery star. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, yeah, pottery's that, big, but... You know, that's uh, my we stick, a, pottery. We, we, got a, we got another thing going here, and that's rocks. And that particular rock came out of the sky, and it, uh, this particular one came out of the sky, according to these 21 scientists who wrote this article. And that came out in Nature Scientific Reports. If you want to Google it up, just type Hamam Airburst Nature Scientific Reports. It'll come right up. 50 pages. Plus, um, yeah. It's big. A lot of pictures and it's charts a big technical, and graphs. But it's, it's a big technical, technical uh, article, about half of which I do not understand. <laughs> it's past my pay grade as an archaeologist. A lot of astrophysics going on there. So this, this article came out and it said that a, an airburst, a, a, a terrestrial, celestial um, s- impact of some kind hit the atmosphere, uh, blew apart and created a, a, a pyroclastic blast that came down to the earth and it hit around Tel Al-Hamam. That's what these guys said. And that really sounded like what we'd been thinking about with Tel Al-Hamam. I wasn't, but you were, thinking about Tel Al-Hamam, such an event taking place. Now, you were, you, we were talking about the date of when this happened last time, and I think it's important for people to know we are people who love the Bible. We believe that the words in the Bible are accurate. They're, they're authentic terms. So when, when you have a, a number in the Bible we believe that that number in our Hebrew Bible is, is authoritatively accurate. It's, it's authentic. But maybe our understanding of what that number meant, as opposed to our, our decimal system, our 10-base system, maybe it was working a little differently. And then there's some other things going on in the ancient world and different cultures that might have made our understanding we might have misunderstood or haven't grasped the full impact of what their numbering meant. So when we left off last time, we, you were talking about the fact that uh, the adding up the numbers in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in, in the book of Genesis and later on, that that doesn't really um, uh, work that well with what we know about the ancient Near Eastern history. Yeah, it doesn't at all. And so let's talk about yes. that. But before we talk, let's introduce a new book. Ooh. There's a new book coming out. I just, over the past few days, finished editing through it. And there's a new book coming out by Dr. Craig Olson. Now, Craig uh, did this research as his and wrote it up as his doctoral dissertation at Dallas Theological Seminary. And uh, it, was a, it was a bold and brilliant move on his part to do that because this particular subject that he's dealing with, that is the actual nature and interpretation of the Genesis lifespan numbers. And nobody mm-hmm. had really tackled that. Everybody kind of shied away from it, stayed away from it. Now, so many of us, for example, Gary, I don't know if, you know, vast majority of uh, uh, evangelical I'm not talking about non-evangelicals. I'm talking about evangelical archaeologists who work in that area. Vast majority of them, 99 out of 100, if there are that many. Maybe there are only 10. Maybe it's 9 out of 10. I'm not sure. But most of them don't, don't accept these uh, numbers in the book of Genesis or in the Torah for that matter as face value 
base 10 arithmetic numbers. Because they are not that. I mean, they know they are not that uh, in looking at the ancient world. Now, uh, base 10 system did come along later in the Iron Age. But earlier in the Bronze Age, people didn't have such a concept. What they did was they exaggerated the numbers, made symbolic numbers, constructed symbolic numbers by multiplying certain figures. And it's always the same one. It's always the same handful, two or three figures, multiples of those, plus maybe the number seven, which is an important symbolic number. And but for example, if you look across all of the um, all of the uh, lifespans of the Hebrew ancestors in the book of Genesis, there's no natural distribution of of ages that you would expect. They're all mm. formulas. They're all predictable formulas using the same basic concept, the same basic schema or system. And anyway, in Craig's new book, he deals with all of this and shows unequivocally that these numbers cannot be uh, taken as base 10 arithmetic values and that, therefore, they cannot be used in any way to construct an ancient chronology, much less an ancient chronology of the, of, of the world. So we just can't do that. And so um, let me give you the title of the book. It's coming out really, really soon, being published by Trial Press. And it's called, we're going to lovingly call it H-O-W-F-A. HOFA. H-O-W-F-A. Which how, stands for? How old was Father Abraham? How old was Father Abraham? HOFA. HOFA. Got that? And... Um, in this new book, he, uh, Craig uh, shares with us many things. Let me just give you a couple. For example, Abraham's father had children, according to the, uh, to the symbolic numbers, had children way into his hundreds. Okay? If you go back before that, everybody else... Before that, going back in the post-flood era, immediate post-flood era, back into the pre-flood era, were having children into their hundreds. Hundreds and hundreds sometimes. And Shem, uh, who was one of Noah's sons, is still alive, according, if you take these numbers as base 10 arithmetic values, Shem is still alive well into the career of Isaac. Not just Abraham, Isaac. So think about this. Abraham could have known and would have known if this is true, which I don't think it is, but he would have known Shem. So according to that traditional chronology, Shem would still be alive way past the career of Abraham himself. But isn't it interesting that Abraham in Scripture, is the first person to be called old and full of years. <laughs> now, he was 100, now, it says he was 175. When he died. And he, was having a, he and, and, and Sarah were having a real problem believing that at age 100 for Abraham and age 90 for Sarah, that they were going to have a child. They laughed at that. But wait a minute. Abraham's father had children way past 100. And going back, everybody had children way past 100, according to those numbers, if they were taken at face value. So why is it a problem? You see, it creates a problem in the text. 
And so there, this, is, this is one problem. There are many, many others. But why is Abraham called old when he's a, he's a youngster compared to even his father or some people who came before that? And not only that, but why are they concerned at all about having children at that late point in life when Abraham's own father and those before him had children way past their hundreds? Yeah. And so it makes absolutely no sense. And so we could go on and on, but I want you to read the book. I want you to go in and the and what Craig shows is not only the external evidences from archaeology and history and anthropology uh, show us that these numbers are, are in fact symbolic values and, and have no relationship to, to real lifespans, but also um, uh, if we take them in that way, it completely takes us out of the world of reality and it sort of makes a cartoon uh, or a myth out of the patriarchal narratives, unnecessarily so, because here, here, here's the crux of the matter. It's not, so people, and people will, will, will say, and, and Craig brings this up in his book, um, will say, well, wait a minute. Um, if, if these numbers are in the book of Genesis, but they really only lived 30, 40, 50 years old, normal lifespans, for antiquity, isn't the text being deceptive? Because this is, by, by the way, these numbers are stated that way. There's no, there's no strange uh, hermeneutical uh, interpretive thing going on here. They are real numbers. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are numbers in the text. But what do those numbers mean? How are those numbers formulated? How are they constructed? And that's the key to understanding them. Because we have the same pattern going on in the ancient Near Eastern world, and comparatively, we can see what's happening. But here's the problem. If you take these things at face value, and you create a chronology based on this, which is what people have done, then, for example, uh, the old Usher chronology, and most people have an Usher, we say an Usher-style chronology, even, even though it may, might not be exactly to the day uh, the same as his, but very similar. But everybody puts Abraham's birth in around 2150, 2166 B.C. So around the 22nd, mm -hmm. 21st century B.C., Abraham uh, is living. Here's the problem with that. Archaeologically, we know that all the cities that are mentioned in the book of Genesis that are associated with the Abraham narrative were out of business from around 2500 B.C. down to uh, about 1800 B.C., particularly the highland cities like Hebron, Jerusalem, um, Shechem, Dan, uh, way, you know, way up in the north in the Transjordan. Uh, these cities were not in existence during that time. And so the, the interpretation that these are somehow real lifespans uh, becomes problematic because it would place Abraham in a time when all the cities and towns needed for the story are simply not existing. So we got Methuselah at 969 years old before he died. That's the real number. It's in the Bible. It, it's, it's an authentic number. That's, that's exactly what it says. We believe that's, what it's, that's, that's the number. But our interpretation of the meaning of that number is based on our base 10 system that we know right. and use and go yes. with. 
and, and you're saying we've got to look at it differently. Yes. Looking at the Genesis lifespan numbers through a modern lens, as we would do, see, we, we in our mathematics and, and arithmetic, we want precision. Hmm. That's how we think. Engineers. But in antiquity, this was not a concept, particularly in the Bronze Age. So instead of looking at these numbers and interpreting these numbers through a modern scientific lens, so to speak, um, we need to look at them through the eyes of the original author as it was intended and the original readers as they would have understood them way back in the Bronze Age. And when you do that, you understand that, oh, Everybody in, that, in the world, there was only one way to talk about the, the lifespans of ancestors. When you were talking about the lifespans of ancestors, you used formulas that if taken as face value based 10 numbers would look huge, but they didn't understand them as though. They understood them as honorific formulas giving respect and honor to their ancestors. All right, now, so we're just about time to stop, but so give, give me an example. Well, we don't actually know, we don't, aren't, we can't say what their formula was. That, that is not something we understand, at least to this point. But Craig's book is full of the formulas. He will give you three different formulas for the pre-flood, the post-flood, immediate, and then, the, and then Abraham's uh, patriarchal time. And so there are three very distinct schemes and they work for each section of history. All right, so uh, just real quickly before we stop, so let's take Moses, 120 years old, when he died. Just how would that be, how, how could you turn, so we got a number based in arithmetic, 120. So give us an example how that might be an honorific number for old, uh, old, old Moses. Well, there are a couple of ways to slice Moses. <laughs> okay, 40, 40, 40. 40 is an honorific generation mm -hmm. in the Bible. It's a, it's a schematic generation. 40, 40, 40. All that may be saying to us is that Moses' life spanned three generations. That may be all, all it means. And um, also, 100, 120, by the way, uh, is 2 times 60. And that's that special message. That would be that. That would be from a Mesopotamian. A Mesopotamian would look at that number and say, oh, it's not just 60, it's 2 times 60, you know, multiply, because he's a great man. Now, the actual honorific death date, death age, for an, for an honored Egyptian noble would be 110. We have at least 25 different documents in, from ancient Egypt that show that that no matter how old you really are when you die, if you're a noble Egyptian, you've lived a noble life, you're given the death age of 110. Joshua died 110 and so did Joseph. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so those, so Joseph representing the ones who went into Egypt, 110. Joshua right, uh, coming out of Egypt, the last generation to come out of Egypt. So 110 on each end. This is very authentic Egyptian number. Here's what we're saying, Gary. We're saying that if you take these numbers as base 10 arithmetic values or face value numbers, this would say that these texts must have been written very, very late and they couldn't have been written by Moses. 
because if they were authentically written in the Bronze Age, they would be written conceptually and schematically like ancient Bronze Age people did. So to have them as base 60 formulas or even as, as Egyptian formulas or Mesopotamian formulas, they would be formulas nonetheless. So we don't know, we, we can't point to a particular system and way they did it. We don't have that, but, but it, does, it does fit what we know about ancient history. It fits some of the, the science that we're coming up with, with dates and things. And it's, um, it's, an, it's a, an authentic way to look at the Old Testament. Well, so watch for the book. Watch for the book. What's Doc, it called again? Dr. Craig Olson, How Old Was Father Abraham? Okay, well, get the book, find out, see what you think. This is Troweling Down, Biblical Archaeology and a few other things for the 21st century. Glad you joined us.